And you know, there's like a quarter of an inch. It's like this much room between the strings. See? <laughs> Down from the string to the neck. Oh yeah, it's way off. You can't even like push. Like up on top, it's small, but down here, it starts gaining distance all the way down because of the bridge. The, the neck has come loose, so it's done this. It, the neck is like this now. Yeah, so to push the strings down to the so neck, the you have to. Strings are like high. You have to go half an inch yeah. down. <laughs> it needs to be thrown in the garbage. I just kind of keep it in my room. I got that. It looks good, yeah. The kid goes in there and if he fucks and plays with it, I don't care. I don't, don't matter. He ain't going to hurt it. I got that from the Salvation Army. Oh, we got Back one. In the day. We got one down here, this lady down here. That. I think me and Tim, <clears throat> we probably got four or five guitars. People donating stuff. Yeah. And we would. It was crazy. The beneficiary ladies. Well, Fender strats are still made the same way. Uh, minute little things, but they have better electronics and shit on them now. Uh, Up in the front, the, the ladies that worked up front, they would take all the silverware things and, you know, our little nick, brick and brack is what they called it. Little knickknacks things, yeah. you know, decorations and whatnot. Buy them there and then turn around and go sell them for yeah, and then, scrap. Well, no, I think they just take them home and keep them. Because quarter like There's times when see there's a different guy that goes take, up and down on value. There was a different guy that would take the classic silverware that was actually like the metal mm -hmm. itself was good. Yeah. Yeah. That was a different guy, but yeah, there was a different person for every, silver and then there's sterling silver. So anyway, at least the Boulder Salvation Army that I worked at. Every person that worked there, including the people that were, um, in the back, uh, uh, what's it called when you're, it's not, it's not house arrest, but when you're living like at the center. Oh yeah. Okay. And you're, work you know, release. you're, yeah. And they would come from the <coughs> work release program. Yeah. They called them beneficiaries and yeah, they would come up and, um, Work it, but anyways, what I was saying is every person had a different thing that they were all taken from the donations, and then the stuff that actually got sold was like the leftovers that nobody had taken from everybody that was involved working there. Yeah. And I thought it was weird at first because I didn't want to get fired and things. Well, that's kind and, of stealing. Yeah. Oh, everybody. When people donate yeah. it there, and the Salvation Army is nothing. Like, that's stealing. The Salvation Army is like <clears throat> really bad with that. It's unfortunate. But probably the the grand poopa is fucking. Mm -hmm. He's probably taking all kinds of shit. But yeah, even Joel, the dude who was running the store at the time, he people throw away silver uh, serving trays and shit. That some of them fuckers that yes, when yeah. the silver is high in value, uh, but sometimes they're worth more money uh, depending on the history of it. And so what I did, you know, once I got in, you know, once I was like, all right, I'll start taking some stuff since everybody else is around me the whole time. I got a few, I got a couple of those guitars, uh, mostly books, got tons of books. I loved, man, Yeah. I'd find somebody to donate a box of books. There was this van that used to come once a month. I think they were from the library they or whatever. Just take them. And they were they were just getting rid of old <clears throat> books. They would have like ten boxes just full of old books. Damn, but really getting and, rid of books. Yeah, and when me and Tim or they were donating them. 
to the Salvation Army. So me and Tim would get them, load them in the truck, and then we just start going through the boxes of these books. And it yeah. was like, man, look, here's this well, set. Stars, they, here's a whole bunch of... People have brought in old books, and, and, I was and working, they got hundreds of, hundreds of fucking dollars for them. And I was working with this guy, I forget his name, but he was a real spiritual person, even though he didn't talk about it. Now that I know about spirituality, I know that he was a spiritual person. He was kind of real peaceful and well, just kind of enjoyed cool things. And, and so he told me, I was going through books one time, and I was like, man, this one looks really interesting. And he goes, oh, you have to read that. He goes, that's The Princess of Mars. He oh. goes, that's the same guy that wrote Tarzan. And I was like, you know what? Edgar Rice Burroughs. I was like, I remember my dad telling me about Tarzan and, and the original books and stuff. He had mentioned it around that time. Mm -hmm. And so, I, yeah, I grabbed those and that book series. Shoot, I've probably read the first book a couple times now. The way them guys, so Edgar good. Rice Burroughs, that guy, the way he would word things, you could almost visualize it. Yeah, he was tapping into a higher intelligence. He would, he would describe it in a such a way that you could just almost see a picture of it. You know? It was real, yeah. <clears throat> I think a lot of the things, just like people will say about Star Wars or certain uh, shows, he, they, he books, could get your, movies. In a few, in a paragraph or two, he could get your interest just kind of rolling into it, you know. Like, in a, yeah, you can be there and actually feel it, yeah. And there's people that think these things are, because they tell analogies of real life. Like the, the you know, the Star Wars is an easy reference because everybody knows about Star Wars uh, generically. How the Force is like this invisible energy that can be harnessed and used if you're like a Jedi Master or if you're one of these Sith guys. If you're one of these kind of masters, whether you're light or dark, you can use this, you know, force, is what they called it in Star Wars, but different. And so that's a metaphor for all the cultures that talk about, you know, uh, working with the Tao or the energy, or like when Christ talks about making miracles, you know, healing people. and. It's like, okay. it's this weird analogy that's always, and I think what Edgar Rice Burroughs wrote about him. I didn't do a whole lot of reading, so that, when that guy caught me like that, I went, damn. Yeah. I, I was impressed. <clears throat> I think Edgar Rice Burroughs was, um, one I really liked something. was Journey to the Center of the Earth. I think it was Journey to the, something like that. It had to do with, I'm not sure what the title was. It was Jules Byrne. That's Jules Verne. Well, no, he wrote the Journey to the Center of the Earth, but Edgar Rice Burroughs wrote Tarzan yeah. Goes to the Center of the Earth. Oh, uh, it was one of the later books. And it was like uh, the way he described Tarzan found that mystical world of uh, Shangri-La or something. Ah. <clears throat> Supposedly in the, you know. Yeah, inner earth. Went through a hole in the ground and went down in an old volcano. And, and see, that's a real, that's a real mythology from went down an old volcano. India, I think. Warming up down there that you didn't, you know, they had their own atmosphere and yeah. sun. The yeah. extra terra. Anyway, it was fucking Marilyn Raspi. There was one guy I was listening to and he was talking about 
the inner earth or maybe Hollow earth theory or maybe yeah or maybe even expanded earth Right. But and he put it like that. He was like, so these extraterrestrials that we see all the time, or you know, that we're confused by the unidentified, you know, aerial anomalies or whatever. Um, he goes, maybe they're maybe the term extraterrestrial refers to the extra terra, terra meaning Earth. I don't know. And more land. I'm sure it means something, but I just don't know what it is. Instead of from a different planet. Well, I didn't watch a car. It'd be too cold. From the more <clears throat> land that there is that not everybody knows about. Well, I was like, that's a different way to think of extraterrestrial. Instead of from a different planet, it's just the extra land. But it's fascinating. <laughs> and see, everything, that's weird how everything's just kind so of So that sack there together. has got my whack now? Mm-hmm. I don't want the kid to grab that bag and then wander off with it. Yep. Put that in there. Fishmasters at KM, they make good, they make mm -hmm. pretty consistently good shit. And they spend a little money, they give me a fucking neat box on it. And it looks kind of fancy, you know. Uh, All this running around I've been doing, I keep forgetting to buy incense. Yeah, I've got it written down. Do you? Yep. I didn't write it down. I still haven't I remembered. When I went to King Cooper's, <laughs> I knew there was something in there I was wanting to get. I said, I got to get I said, I got to get the hell out of here. I don't like... Wrote it down, still haven't remembered. I don't want to put too many things in my cart because I don't like having to take the shit out of my cart. I've already banged my knuckles up two or three times. Yeah, yeah. Reaching back here, and I got the water bottles up here. I got one. I'm and right I'm now. reaching back here, getting shit out of there and banging the back of my hand. Mm -hmm. On that fucking seat thing. You gotta be careful. And I'm going, fuck. You know, in that damn lane, I go, Ugh. I use the carts. That hurts when you bang the back of your hand or a knuckle or something on them carts. Yeah. Yeah, I use the carts at work for storing the extra plastic trash and cardboard trash. And then you can set. You gotta really be careful when you're reaching back in there because them little. They got sharp edges on them little things where they're welded together. Yeah, and I went to grab a cart the other day just to pull it out, and the one of the the way the seat folds down, the upper mechanism that folds it didn't work right. That folds uh, horizontally. Yeah. Or something. It was hooked. It was in an up position rather than being folded down. So when I pulled it out, it flipped across. Scraped your fucking arm. Yeah, it flipped across the top of my knuckle just barely. Oh. It was only a tiny little yeah, bit. Yeah, you got to step back when you're doing that and shit. So I just step back and go, okay, let me try this. Nice and carefully, yep. Yeah, if it's fucked up, I used to grab them and go, fuck, and shake the shit out of them, and they would come out, but I don't know how many times I fucked my hands up doing that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the lesson, patience. That's been one of the, shoot, that's a big lesson to be, because patience is almost not just waiting, but it's like, when you go to do something. Yeah, but when you just you got off work it. and the job was a bitch that day and you drove through yeah. 40 fucking miles of I-70 traffic and you was lucky you were even alive that you got home. Yeah. And you go in the fucking store and bang your fingers. Mm -hmm. You didn't have patience. Damn it. You banged your finger because you, you weren't that, going you know? carefully. Shit, I tell you, there was days I'd come home from there when it would be snowing and shit. Um, 
there were days I got home from work and I thought I just had to sit down no matter what was going on in the house. I, I had to know if I didn't know for sure I had beer at home, I'd go get some. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would say, man, when I, you don't want to get home and then be. When I get home, go I'm back. lighting a bowl. I'm lighting up a bowl, and I'm gonna go out back. in the backyard and meditate. Uh, <laughs> I usually would roll one up and like you know, hide it. One of some way I tried to hide it. These kids, I'd be sitting on the back porch. I'll tell you honestly, I never knew. <clears throat> never I knew. I that's why I built that garage. And shit I don't even and think I was looking all for that it. wood shit I built in the front of that garage. And yeah. All that. I built that when I was kind of ripped. I'd sit in that garage and I'd just sit there and think up shit and I'm going, I'm going to build that. I'm going to go get the wood fucking make that. I think there's something about weed that removes, it removes a layer of mind that is a, um, yeah, you, it, it mellows you out. It, mellows it keeps me you out. from getting too it mellowed me overthinking. It made me think more about how to go about doing things. See, that was funny because I thought that the Some second Some of my I best said, ideas that I had for running conduit and shit out on the jobs and doing, you know, that, like I, I told you the other day where you had to drill down through the floor and then over here you had to, and it wouldn't do you any good to drill a hole down through the floor. If, if out here we had to go out here and turn and sometimes you don't have enough room to turn. Anyway, uh, you gotta go calculate all that shit, and then like what I was saying was, uh, I would sometimes I'd be sitting around, just in silence like this, and nobody, kids be playing out in the yard and shit. Yeah, I'd be going, well, I would just sit out and smoke a bowl and slam a couple quick beers. And that's where I got some of my think. And standing in the shower, believe it or not, standing in the fucking shower when you're stoned. Uh, I come up with some great ideas for shit at work. Water is magical. Uh, I told Randy one time, I said, I got an idea. I got to run it by and see if you like. I see if you're okay with it. Cause I, I said, I know you told me I could do, I could do whatever I wanted to and, you know, and all that stuff. But I said, I still want to like to hear you yeah. physically say, uh, yeah, I think I'm good with that. Yeah. You know, that's all I wanted. And I think in the past, it was like, oh, you were just stoned, man. Or, oh, you were just... Stoned. I never told him I was stoned. No, 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 just... <laughs> no. You couldn't be stoned and work out there. They fucking fired you. No, metaphorically, <clears throat> yeah. like, when if you were to tell people that great ideas come when you're buzzed, people would say, oh, you just think that because you're buzzed. You know, or whether no, it's... That's not true. Because people, people that do plant medicines and you know, go, go on these out-of-body trip experiences with hallucinogens. Well, it's like the other day when I was people sitting just, here. And in the past, people really discredited it because of how the whole, you know, how the consciousness was about drugs. I was really getting ripped, and I sat out here, and it was kind of quiet. All the little kids were screaming. And I was like, but I think, how can I do this lighting and not have to rip the drywall out? Yeah. And I figured, figured out, I think, a pretty good way of doing that. And I think that was silly. Oh, nice. Oh, it's perfect. <laughs> I'm getting, I do that with my Kleenexes at mm. night. I'm like when I'm blowing my nose and shit, I lay down at night through a breath and sinus, so I keep a big pile of Kleenexes on my bed. 
Well, toilet paper that I leave there rolled up kind of. And I, I blow my nose and I got tired of them, two or three of them laying on my bed all the time. So I started just grabbing them and I would just do this. I'd be laying down and I'd just grab them and go hit the basket. Flip it. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes I miss, but I'm getting pretty damn good at it now. I'm half asleep and I can throw up uh, six feet across the room and hit that trash can. <laughs> I just grab them and flip them backhand and did the bike what that just did. Alright, yeah. Yeah, I think there's something to uh, something to getting stoned and getting good ideas. Yes, exactly. I don't give a shit what anybody says. Well or, said. Or for me. There's something about getting stoned and getting good ideas, or whether it's writers that drink and write, or whether it's, you know, shamans that use you know, hallucinogens for what I would do because it was hard to mentally take the building with me home, so it's kind of like I would get these ideas maybe I can do this and do that, yeah. And then I would go back to work that morning after we got going. I would go down, say, I gotta go do some thinking, mm -hmm. uh, go, go down, and I tell people to go, you guys, I'll be back in a few minutes. I gotta check out how I can run this condo down anyway. I would go down underneath down there and uh, look at shit and go, oh, yeah. hey, this might work. That's what I was thinking. You know. Yeah. Well, yeah. Still, yeah. I think my idea might work here. And Dan, my buddy Dan, had owned that hot rod, that fucking car he built, the 32 Ford Coupe, that won all those. He fucking got a whole room full of trophies from hot rod shows. I remember that. And he had like, he had a couple of tar magazines, like uh, yeah, hot rod magazine. He had like three page fucking two side, three pages. So he had like six or seven pages uh, with pictures and shit on him telling the story. I thought, well that's fucking cool, man. I said, you should be fucking proud of that. Yeah. I said, I, I said fuck, that's his I said that's worth more than your car. Having your car in motor motor trend or whatever it was motor trend. I can't remember. What he paid for this? That car. I'm telling you what. If he drove up here in that car, I can, I thought maybe I had one of you kids seen that car. I think I did. Huh? I think I did. I can't remember. Yeah, I've paid. Are they down Thornton? Yep. I think at the house where we moved up here. I think he came by there one time with that car, and uh, he wanted me to see it. All I'd seen was pictures, you know. Anyway, uh, that was fucking. I took a ride in that son of a bitch out there in the mountains too. He brought to work one day, and we went driving around on those curvy roads that I showed you in that picture. Yeah. We were driving up and down those, and wasn't much of a place to get on it out there because everything was curvy and. Hilly, but there was a couple places yeah, that were straight. He says, Check this out. He'd, he'd goose it, and fuck, it would suck you back in the seat. I mean, fuck, you couldn't even breathe. <laughs> that thing was so powerful. He had a 400 horsepower engine that time. It was all chrome. Everything underneath the car was chrome. All the, the, the uh, not the springs, but I mean, the yeah, the, uh, all body. the levers and the arm, control arms and the, 
not the body, but all yeah, the, the chassis is what you That was all chrome underneath. And painted just like the outside of the body. The, the bottom of the car was painted just like the top. And all that brown shit was under there, man. What you do in the hot rod show is you put mirrors underneath. You slide the mirrors underneath both sides of the car so when people walk by they can look. Get back in and you can see see the mirror and look underneath the car. this son of a bitch do you? And he goes, I drive this fucker all the time to car shows. He says, I drive it there. If it's two or a couple hundred miles, he said in Nebraska and shit, if they had a car show in Nebraska, he would drive his car there. Wow. Wow. And I said, damn, I wouldn't do that. Jesus. Yeah. He said, well, you'd think you'd need to haul it in a trailer or something. He says, I don't just want to get a big mm -hmm. truck or a trailer. He says it's a lot more money. It costs a lot of money to maintenance-wise for a big truck and a car like that, a bed, yeah, tow truck. So that was looking 21. at the receipt there, huh? The receipt. Yeah, no. Let's see, what was it? Uh, twenty-five for the wax, twenty for the canister, and then with the discount, it came to like forty-two. Twenty-one dollars and something for the saved like a few bucks moon roof is that what it was yeah moon roof <laughs> and uh that was 21 well they're normally 25 ain't they yeah that was the discount so he gave me a discount yep well, mm -hmm. this ain't wednesday must have been something let me see it ain't Wednesday, it's uh, Tuesday. Member. You get a member discount. 10% member discount. Well, there's certain days of the week where you get... Yeah. Is it 10% off or 15? I just think you always get a 10% member discount. Depending probably on... Cashier knows that or not. Depending on my mold. Yeah, I always come in there on Wednesdays. Lately here, I ain't been making it, so. Yeah. And I always buy the cheap, the cheap stuff, because the potency. Because it's all good. The potency is good enough, you know. It's and all good, yeah. The potency is good enough. I don't need to spend uh, 40 bucks on, why would you spend 40 bucks on wax when you get really high on the $25 shit? <laughs> huh? Yep. The other day when we were talking about, I was thinking about the yin and yang and like the opposites, but the balance. It's gotta be up there. 
Sixty-four. Okay. Anything over seventy is pretty good. That last shit I had was. Yeah. It was like seventy-four or something. But he, I say he's got shit that's like ninety something. I'm like, what? That's too much. Yeah. You know. I just like I to stick with the natural. Well. The natural way. So you take one hit and cough your head off, and then you're high for two hours. That'd be good, but. One hit. I prefer to do it like the peace pipe. You kind of do a few puffs. But we were talking about the electricity in the positive and negative magnetic field. Yeah. The magnetic fields. And I was thinking about, at the same time, I was thinking about the balance of positive and negative things. There's no balance between positive and negative, I don't think. It's the... There's always something. And that was when you said the... um, It's capabilities... Potential. Yeah, is based on the potential between the two. And I was like, (laughs) that was just a... Mind blow. That's a incredible statement. When you when you use it metaphorically to think about other things, well, it's not it's, that have to do with positive and negative. It's not like creating a force. It's just uh, the force is whatever the potential is between the two, depending on the magnetic force, the magnetic uh, uh, field. And so to change and influence the potential. You would have to do it from both sides, just metaphorically. No, it's on the magnet. If you got a solid thing, and then you put a magnet next to it, the magnet that you have, you're moving around, actually, is the opposite poles. Yeah. The opposite poles attract. The same poles, positive, if you had a positive here and a positive there, you could never get this thing to go there and even stick to it. You couldn't even push it. It repels. It would not, you could never make it touch surfaces. The opposite poles attract. So that's like the, you know how people say... Um, one of them's got to be negative and one's got to be positive. In relationships, people say opposites attract. Yeah, they do say that. Isn't that like... That's where they got it. Coincidental? (laughs) It's magnetism. Yeah. And then, I'm convinced there's a spiritual aspect involved. Where's that big round song? Just don't want to pretty name it. I had that big round burger. Where's it at? Is it on this refrigerator on the side? I have it stuck to a refrigerator, I think. Oh, yeah, I know. Little kids wouldn't play with it. I know what you mean, though. That thing is, uh, it pushes it apart. It won't let you push it together. Yeah. But see, that's interesting. Then, when you look at, you get two magnets. You got the same pole, and you push on them. They won't go together. They just keep slipping. Mm-hmm. And when you look at the human experience. Exactly alike, you probably you may not get on 
And then the interpersonal, so the personal journey of okay, where's that good and bad experiences. Where's that shit we just got? What was that? What did I just get? You didn't get one, did you? I just got with this, whatever that one was. Moon roof? Yeah. Like this. Yeah, right here, mac and cheese. Mac and cheese. That's what it was. Both of them with M's. Both of them with M's. Boy, that's got a nice smell. That smells like a blue dream or something. Because the, the hermetic teachings I was reading. Man, good smell. You smell it? Yeah, oh yeah. It's got a good, it's got a hashy taste. I like it. Oh, no, you're going there. That little dude. Just a little? <laughs> yep. The Hermetic teachings I was reading talk about the this same kind of thing from a different perspective. It's like the <clears throat> the electric and magnetic principles are like represent the expansive and contractive, and how that that kind of reminds me of the same thing. And see, that's the key to it. Yeah. Is it's the opposite. Say, well, I don't know, Dad. It's I the... just like knowing things. I just like learning things. Maybe I'll use them. Maybe I won't. Mm-hmm. Well, and the key to it is it's the opposite of worry. When you start to come to these understandings about the nature of reality and the interconnectedness of things, and you know, the the metaphors that you can get from. A simple magnetic, you know, property. Yeah, why don't you... It, it allows you to experience life in a more pleasurable way. You would say, why don't you uh, go to school and learn how to do stuff that will make you money instead of learning all this shit that you're never going to use. Yep. And, and see, I'm, that's where... I said, well, I don't know. I don't know if I'm never going to use it or not, but I said, to me... It's a little bit of effort mm-hmm. just to learn little things as you go along. And I said, well, if, if it's not something for change in my life, I'm not just going to walk on by. And, and Dad said, well, okay. You know, but he, he couldn't get that. He thought that when I would learn something, that it kind of needed to be where it's going to... Make you some money. Make money or... Yep. Yep. But that's the kind of lifestyle he grew up in. When he was a small kid, he would go around the neighborhood and gather up people's pop bottles, or he'd find pop bottles. Entrepreneur. Laying around on the ground, and he'd put them in, in his fucking wagon, and then yep. halfway through the day, he'd take them down to the pop dock, walk two miles to the fucking pop dock, and turn in his bottles, and they'd pay him a nickel apiece for them or something. And he'd make like two bucks. And then on the way home, he'd go get some groceries at the grocery store and take them home to give them to Grandma. So maybe she could make something to eat. Mm-hmm. That's how poor people were. His dad repaired sewing machines. Okay? That was his job. He was a private person. He, he would take people, could bring sewing machines to his house. He had a room in his house that he would 
uh, and out in the garage, if I remember right, he would work out in the garage and uh, fix people's sewing machines to work, you know, little tiny things that parts in them, he'd fix them and make them work again. Yeah. And that's what he did, and he never made much money, you know, but Grandpa was always, from what I knew, Grandpa was always pretty poor. I think when Dad became more successful, because of the contrast of the opposite, he made he, when he became more successful in business and stuff, and he ended up owning the company. Yeah. Okay. I mean, Dad could just go like down, he could go down and get a bank loan for a hundred thousand fucking dollars. Just like Wayne Dyer was at saying, at the drop of a hat, and you know, Grandpa, I'm, Grandpa, I'm sure Dad helped. Just like Wayne Dyer was saying yesterday, the contrast, he never, you know, he, he, uh, he never seen his dad. His dad left and all these things, and it was this trauma. And when he... Well, he was talking about forgiveness. He was talking about forgiveness, but he said some that was what we're getting at, the contrast of the opposite. He was like, he taught, because of that, it made me who I am because of, you know, he, he had, he became a person who taught self-reliance and inner directedness and happiness, you know, and all these kind of things. Cause See, my dad was never thinking about that. It was a contrast if of I the opposite. Dad that, he would go, no, I, I did that because I went out and physically learned shit myself. Yeah. You know, so. But I think he wanted to go out and learn shit himself because he saw his, you know, he saw something that he wanted to fix. Yeah, so they used to wear, they wear a hole in their bottom. So his dad put right. cardboard in there. Yeah. They'd cut cardboard up, stick it in there, and you'd have to change them about every couple of days in the winter. Like you said, it would get wet, and you'd have to, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They uh, didn't have $2 to go get their shoes fixed, resold. And you definitely you'd weren't... You'd be able to take your shoes and boots down to the the shoe store mm -hmm. and they would uh, repair yeah they had a repair yes shoe repair shops because you weren't buying them in new. my hometown that i knew of you could drop off a pair <laughs> of shoes you know that yeah looked good and stuff but they just the soles were wide heels were gone just like mine and I, he'd say you want to put new heels on here and he said i'll do the whole you know mm -hmm. the guy would literally sew the leather soles and heels and everything on your shoe and get when you got them back, they were just like brand new. Yep. That yeah, what you're describing yeah, there. Everybody throws me in the garbage. Well, no, and what everybody does nowadays is buys five pairs of shoes. Well, most people are wearing these on bitches now. Or yeah, people. Well, people buy. These are bad for your feet. People don't ever repair their items, <laughs> and they buy more items than they really need because there was some point in time when it switched from you you need the item which was good especially for businesses here you need this item we have it for you transaction everybody happy but then somebody finally figured out that we can do it in a way to where we make people feel like the item will make them feel better and so I don't know when it happened, but there was a certain point in time where the advertising switched from here, we have items for you that you need, to this item will make you feel better. 
And people started, and then the repairing your items kind of went away, and people just started buying more items because it made them feel good. Now well, we got boots, like I got wristwatches and Nikes and sweaters, and the boots are really comfortable on my feet. I don't want to get rid of them. I really would like to have somebody put new soles on them. Yeah. Because the heels are wore out, and when I'm walking in the boots, they fucking hurt my legs because the heels are beveled off. So you twist your leg a little bit, and boy, after you do that for a day, mm. walking on them, it would just hurt your legs. Yep. And uh, anyway, uh, most comfortable boots I've had forever. I've had some good boots. You want to buy good shoes, you go to the Henry Surplus store. Or Murdoch's over. In, I want to go to Murdoch's. Yeah. If, if you're ever into just checking out some shoes. Because they carry uh, several brand names that you don't see in normal shoe stores. Carolina Boot Company, they're made right here in the United States. There's three or four boot companies that Red Wings, and they're fucking, mm -hmm. they're made so good that you go to sleep at night with your boots on. <laughs> you wouldn't even think, you physically would have to get up and take them off, because as many times I got had a few beers, and I go to sleep on the couch, and I wake up two in the morning, I still have my boots on. Yeah. Because they're that comfy. I could have kicked them off any time, right? Yeah. And no, I still had them on because they felt fine. <laughs> and so, you know, it's like when you got shoes like that, right now I can't wait to get my shoes off when I get home. So, anyway, mm. uh, I want to go to Murdoch's because those boots, I know the kind of boots I'm looking for, and I may not be able to find them anyway, but. Um, those kind of boots are made so good that they're comfy. Way more comfortable than these things. These things, you gotta have them with fucking memory foam in them, otherwise they would hurt your feet. Because <laughs> the soles really, uh, they give too much when you're walking. Yeah. They, they're too squishy. Okay. And that ain't good for your your feet and your leg muscles and shit, your bones. You have to have a little more firmness on your shoes. Yep. So that when you're walking on rough terrain, you don't feel that pokey shit and uh, you're still cushy. <coughs> These things, when you're walking on rocks, you feel them. Sorry. I thought about it I while we were I, driving I drank up. like five beers. I drank <laughs> two beers after you left. I don't know, so I'm assuming I had about five beers yesterday. Mm. And uh, I don't know why. I'm just mentally not right here lately. Um, my brother Dave's here in town. I, have, I think he might have got here yesterday. Oh, he came back? Dave. He was, yeah, he was here... A month or two ago. Uh, yeah, anyway. I think about four or five weeks ago. No, it's been longer now, I'm afraid. Because we watched the Broncos game with him in the living room. I think he went back in August because of, that's when he had to start working at the IRS. We watched the Broncos game with him in the living room. 
And it wasn't the first week of the season. I think it was. It was a preseason. No. It was uh, a, anyway, I don't know. Okay, you may be right, but it dates here. Yeah, I think I, it was week I, three I of the season. About that. September or something. Late September. And, uh, yeah. But he had to work. Two months ago. Because that's when the IRS is really busy getting their tax shit out. Yeah. That's what he does. He works in a mail room where they actually box shit up and label it and send it out the door to different Mm-hmm. Mm. But Dave's been working there so long. He's been working there like 20 fucking years. And he had other jobs, too. That was like his second job. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they like him so much. Everybody liked him. They said, man, we want to keep him here. <laughs> He's a hard worker. Does good, huh? Sound her own bullshit, you know, he does, you know, just does his job. Here, put that over there with you. Can't believe I dropped that on the floor. I hit the motorcycle and a couple other foot pedals and a couple other things, and I heard it actually go bang, bang, bang on the floor. Yeah. I thought, what? I, as soon survived. as it fell out of my hand, I went, well, I'm buying a new one of these. Nope. You know, and it went bang, 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 tinkle, tinkle on the floor, and I went, oh, shit. Yeah. And I went, wait a minute, that don't even sound like it's broke. <laughs> it's that thing got to be chipped or broke or something. Yeah, it must have been a good one. It's a thick one, that's for sure. Uh, I ain't going to get that lucky again, I'll tell you that. My slippery fingers when I'm, my hands are cold a little bit. And, uh, you might. You might get lucky a few times. Uh, that's probably... Yeah. The cold air all of a sudden. The sun's getting over there. What's the temperature over here? It's still 60 in here. Mm. It's staying about 60, even though the door's open. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. It's not cool yet. We've been getting some. We've yet to get an actual snow. And it's, they said they don't see any coming until maybe next weekend. And it's, what is it? They December 1st? Next weekend, possibly. It's December 1st, and we've yet to get a snow. We got one little... Yeah, that's record already. We got one little 2 a.m. dusting. No, I didn't even, there's no measurable amount. Yeah, no measurable amount. I like it. I'll so take it. About ten days past that. I'm. I've been saying for two weeks. By the time we actually get to them. Ever since I watched, I forget when I seen it, but it was a video about some guy talking about pole shifts, back when Nibiru was all hyped. Was Probably four or five years ago. About that last week. Four or five years ago, the Nibiru guys were all about the pole shift and all of that. Well, but so the Indians. There, there was a. Uh, the Navajos have figured that out now. I forget, there's some guy talking about how the, the science Indians. of a pole shift. The Alaskan Indians. And comparing no. it to the pole itself tracked over the last, you know, whatever time frame. And he goes, it, it seems to be shifting throughout the last few hundred years, and it's going really slowly. It's not like an instant flip. Well, if it shifted overnight, 
Shit, but you start flying up in the air. Yeah, and so it's <laughs> the direction that it was going. You're walking down the street and all of a sudden you'd be 10 feet up in the air going, what the fuck? The, it, the direction he said it was going was uh, northeast. Whatever. So that would bring, if we're, no idea. if we're in Colorado, that would bring the southern climates up towards us. So like Arizona, New Mexico yeah, climates yeah, that, that would, would be right. headed our direction. But the only reason I thought of that is because the seasons... I've been thinking ever since I've seen that video that over as this happens... That would be the Earth's tilting this way. Well, not the Earth, but the, the poles. Well, whatever. Yeah, the... not. The, I think of it as the... What's well, the... The equator? The, the, the equator spinning. Tides. Yeah. The poles and well, the... Shit. Yeah, the moon. Tides in the ocean and... Uh, anyway. Hmm... But yeah, I mean, the magnetism, so the seasons, that's the what I was getting at. fields from the moon is actually interacting with the earth. That's why the tides in the ocean come up and down every day. Mm -hmm. <coughs> I think, but since that video for the last five years or something, every season I remember myself saying, well, I think it's getting later, you know? Seems like winter comes a month later than it used to. And extends a month later. Oh my God! I just sorry, but I just spring and April. I, I'm hearing you. I just had a thing pop in my head right now. You know that socket there? Remember that oh, thing what? I showed you? I got it's got a light bulb socket, and on the other end the plug. Yeah. Plug light. Plug it right in there. You got a socket, but the other yeah, side's a plug. The only confusing thing about that is the weight. Would well, the, as as the prongs are close together. Would, yeah, would the weight of the light be too much to hold the plug into a vertical drop? I don't think so, but I'll, what I'll do is... Uh, <laughs> you almost the have to tape it up the there. The looser they get, like in the house, yeah. the plug won't stay in the wall. With weight on it, it drop out. What you what I would do myself is I would wrap a little uh, thing around the socket. Yeah. And a wire, put a screw in the drywall there, so if the fucking thing ever did fall out, it was gonna be hanging on the, the wire. <laughs> Luckily they're not glass though. The floodlights are just plastic and mark. Really? That's glass. Oh, okay. Yeah, you wouldn't want it falling out. I would put a little, uh, I thought they were just plastic. I would put a little screw on that and a little tie wire. We used to call them tie wires. Uh, wrap a little wire around the thing somehow so we can plug it in. If it fell out, it wouldn't hit the floor. Yeah. Hmm. I got one of those. Where's it at? It's over there in the blue door thing over there. I don't have to go get my. I looked for a short shirt the other day. They were like nine, almost ten bucks. And I remember sweatshirts being six bucks. Yeah. When they're on sale. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I haven't bought a sweatshirt in a long time. It's definitely no cheap. Said, no, that's cheap. Ten bucks for a sweatshirt is cheap. Hmm. I guess it depends on what kind of sweatshirt. <laughs> it's just regular black. Yeah, then. Pullover. Yep. 
pull over sweatshirt, no pockets. That's you know they keep you warm. Uh, you can walk around with just a t-shirt on underneath one of them, and you stay pretty warm. It's like wearing a hoodie on a hood. I never liked hoodies being up over my head. Yeah, I only do it when the wind is blowing. Jake wears it all the time. I don't even like doing it at all. When I come out of the door and the wind's going, it's really just like when you turn your head and the jersey goes like this, yeah. you still can't see very good. You definitely feel closed in. It's interesting. All right. Turn the fucking heater on, will you? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Turn that thing on for a while. I gotta get the plant in here. It's right in between. It's that time though. It was a good plant. I tried to hold the bathroom.